Okay, let's begin Parshas Vayechi, Tavshin Pei Dalid, as we get into the final Sefer here, the final uh, Parsha here in uh, Sefer Bracious, Chazak, Chazak, the first Chazak, and we... Uh, we dive in so deeply for Chizuk, uh, for Klai Yisrael, to get through this trying time. Um, okay, so Pashas Vayechi, so we start off, Vayechi Yaakov, uh, Beres Mitzrayim. Yaakov lived 17 years in Mitzrayim. Uh, the last 17 years of his life, lived 147 years. And we discussed uh, last week uh, about a little bit of the complaining <laughs> that he did uh, in front of Paro. Uh, but towards the end, the uh, Pasuk says that Yosef came to see him. Uh, he calls to Yosef, put your hand uh, on my thigh, I'm going to die. And Yaakov, Yisrael, gives a little bow. Rashi quotes, Vayishtachu Yisrael, um, okay, not for now. Al Roshamita. Shechina. What does it mean, Al Roshamita? He turned to, we know the Shechina is at the head of a bed of a, uh, sick person. So maybe he turned towards the Shechina. Al, what? This is how, where we know. He turned, he was Mishtachavit. Who do you Mishtachavit to? You should Mishtachavit to Hashem. So it must be that Hashem is there. Hashem's in the, Hospital room or the sick bed. Davar acher al rosh hamita al shahaisa mita so shlema. Al rosh hamita mita means bed, but mita in in uh, Talmudic jargon also means children. And the way that we say all one's children are all complete, we say mita so shlema. Al shahaisa mita so shlema v'lohayabo rasha. There was no rasha. Read all of his children, unlike. Avram had an, had an, uh, Yishmael, and Yitzchak had an Esav. Yaakov had Mitaso Shlema. Shara Yosef Melechu, because after all, Yosef was the king. And he was surrounded. And he stood in his Sitkus. Wonderful, beautiful Rashi. Asked Asnayim Latara of Sarotskin, why is Yaakov Dafka, you know, recognizing this now? Right, right. Okay, so at the end of his life, so he's looking back. Oh, Baruch Hashem. Is there something specific that just happened? Like what happened in the parsha? He asks Yosef, "Bury me in Mitzrayim. Uh, don't bury me in Mitzrayim. Bury me in, in Eretz Canaan." Yosef says, "Fine." Anochi varecha, and then he swore about it. And then Veishtachi Yisrael Roshamita. Is there something about that shvua, about that promise that Yosef just agreed to Yaakov's last request? Is that there's something in there that connects to Yaakov's reaction? Let's see. Source number one. Says the Azayim Torah. Quotes Rashi. Lama Davka, line three. Lama Davka Atara Yaakov. Why Davka did Yaakov see now? She Yosef Nishar Bitzitko. Now, he saw when he came down to Mitzrayim. He saw last week's parsha that he already came down. He sent the Agalos, the Aglarufa. So he already saw. So, Ger Ha, so says the Azayim Torah. Ger Molech Be'eretz Nachriya. If somebody become, gets a position of power or government in a strange land, in a different land than he was from, he will do all that he can to show he is loyal to the new land, that he is a toshav, that he is here to stay. With every fiber of his soul, he's connected to his new land. And sometimes he'll be even more patriotic and loyal to the country than people who are, you know, old timers. It's kind of like sometimes Balich, sometimes Balichuva, you know, might be even more, you know, or Ger might be more loyal and connected and, and fulfilling than to the, to the, um, laws than someone who is Always following it. Imagine if somebody's in a new land and they could show that they're second generation in this land. Second generation, right? Their forefathers are buried in this land. That creates a kvius. That creates, I'm connected. This is my land. Right? Even when we say, you know, I was, you know, I grew up you know, in America, some people say, ah, oh, third generation, second generation, or Lahavdil, you know, sixth generation Yerushalmi. Right? You have a few of, 
But I'm, you know, I'm not. Um, my father was born in Berlin, so I'm not even. And I was born in Yerushalayim, so I'm a nothing generation in in, uh, in America. I lived in America for a couple of decades, the first few decades. But that's a separate story. Uh, but uh, anyway, so says the Azayim Latorah that if you could create a sense of of stability in your new land, that's going to make you more accepted. He says, and a Moshel will be considered crazy. Yosef is the leader of Mitzrayim, and he's going to show it, tell everybody, you know what? I'm taking my father back to our homeland. Our homeland? What are you talking about, our homeland? This is our homeland. Right, that will show, if he takes Yaakov back, that will show that he's not really a Mitzri at heart. Right, he's really that same Eved Ivri that came out of jail. And they'll say, So Yaakov was nervous before his last request. Is Yosef going to honor this request? Is he going to answer? You know what's going to what's going to be? I know it's going to be hard for him. Top of the second column. Right? Maybe he'll lose the favor. Yosef agrees and swears about it. Yaakov says, "Okay, now I realize Yosef is bitzitkus." Yaakov meets it Kososho Yosef. He's very uh, emotional and he realizes Shu Melach Mitzrayim Biafal Pikain Eretisrael. Vena Khoshesh Lakiyo Malchuso Matsavob Mitzrayim. And therefore, that's why Dafka Rashi says here, after he swore that he's taking him back, Vashtacha Yisrael al Rosh Hamita. And also he just says Al Pidrush, the Rosh, Shafilu Ar Rosh, the head, the Melach Again, the Yosef. He's part of the group. And therefore, this is why Dafka now, uh, the last request, and Yosef, it's not just a thank you for listening to me, but this sign, taking Yaakov back, you know, shows that, uh, that we're not here to stay in Mitzrayim. We're not here to stay in Mitzrayim. Because a cemetery in any area always symbolizes that we're here. We're not moving. We're not moving. So that's what Yaakov did uh, with Yosef. Okay, moving right along, we have something very, uh, everything is special, but we have something that's uh, a significant uh, ha'ara of the briskarav. So says the Torah, so Yosef was told his father is sick. We mentioned in the past the Pirkei de Belazar, Yaakov was the first person on record that got sick. He asked to get sick so that he could know that his end was coming. Uh, and he could be mitzav as banav, he could give brachas. So Yaakov was told that Yosef is coming by his chazak Yisrael, Interesting flipping. Yaakov to Yisrael and Yisrael to Yaakov. Keeps going back and forth. Uh, when is he called Yaakov? Or as the personal individual? When is he called Yisrael? Acting as the, the one bearing the, bearing the torch. Says Yaakov to Yosef. Hashem appeared to me. He gave me a bracha. I will cause you to multiply. And I will place you as a Congregation of nations. I'll give you Eretz Yisrael. So the Briska Rav wonders what, what the message of this Pasuk is. Yaakov is telling Yosef, I, Hashem promised me that you will you know, be, have multiply. So that's, that we understand. What does that mean? And that's followed by, I'm going to give you Eretz Yisrael. So something about Kahal Amim and then Venasati is Aratazos Lazarakhrachasolam, Eret Israel. And then if we could continue, next Pasik, Ephraim and Menashe are going to be like Shvatim. Shneva Nachal Dimlachabarat Bisraim, Adboy Lechem Israel, Lihem. Ephraim Manashi Kiruvim Shimon. Says the Briskarov, the secret is one word in Unculus. We often even those of us who might do Unculus for the Shulchan Aruch says, "Shnayim Mikra Vechatargum." Yerei Shemayim should do both Unkelis and Rashi. But even if those who know Unkelis, we probably don't learn Unkelis. We probably just say Unkelis. But Unkelis could teach us a lot. So here says Unkelis. Pasuk Dalek. Va'amarli ha'ana mafishlach va'azginach. I will make you plentiful. Ve'etninach lekinshas shivtin. Shivtin tribes. Kahalamim means shvatim. I will make you shvatim. 
And then what does it say? I'll make you Shvatim and I'll give you Eretz Yisrael and if I'm a Menashe, it will be like Shvatim. So now we're getting to the flow. We're getting to the flow. What is, Yo- what is Yaakov telling Yosef that Hashem told him? Let's read the words of the Briskarov in source number two, the Grizz. See, Nira Bira Pasek. He quotes the Targumunculus Shiftin. Ratzalomar denem rebaze haftacha aladin shal shvatim. Says the Briskarov, there's a covenant going on here. Hashem had a covenant with Avraham as an individual. Avraham, Yisrael, and Yaakov. He also had a covenant with Am Yisrael at Harsinai. But there's one in between. That we are made up of shvatim. We're not just even families. But we're broken up into shvatim. And that's a special, what we might call in London, chalos shame. There's a special status that we are made up of shvatim. Skip a couple of, uh, of lines. He quotes, uh, Once we have the status of Shvatim, now Eretz Yisrael can be given because it must be split up into the proper Shvatim. Remember, the, the, we needed the Urim Vitumim to tell us which land goes to which Shevet. It's like so important. There must be a deep connection between the Shevet and the land. That's what he says on line 11. Once we have the din of Shvatim, once we have that status, and through having that status now, we can have Chalukas Haaretz, which Sefer Yoshua spends so much time on. How many prakim in Sefer Yoshua goes through every detail of who gets what land. Viata, and now, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, promote Ephraim and Menashe. You can only do that once you have the, the bris and uh, the, Yaakov declares the status and the covenant that he has with God of Shvatim. So now, Ephraim and Menashe are those two. Um, and they will always have my name on them. Explains the Rambani quotes. They will always be there. Why? Once he made them into tribes, Shvatim, so now there's the bris of Shvatim, that they'll be forever, the Gemara says. Right? A Sheva will never be end. Right, that's why at the end of, uh, Rapilegish Begiva, they, they said Binyamin can't get, can't die out, we gotta let Binyamin back in. But a Sheva will never die out. So that's message number one from the Pasuk. There's a concept, not just a bris with Avram, with the Avos, bris Avos. There's bris Sinai and Arvos Moab with all of Am Yisrael. But at this stage of history, Parshas Vayechi, maybe here, because already next week, Next week we're B'nai Yisrael. Who's the first person to call us B'nai Yisrael? Paro. Next week's Parsha. The first one to label us as B'nai Yisrael. But this week we're still the Yechidim, the, the, the brachas that they're getting, Brishvatim. Says the Briskarov, let's continue. Line 23. Also the Pasuk, by the Egel. Moshe Rabbeinu is davening, please do not destroy B'nai Yisrael. Hashem, come on. Come on, don't destroy them. Remember the Avos. You swore to them. And you said, I will multiply your seed. And I'll give you Eretz Yisrael. So I asked the Briskarov, what is Moshe Rabbeinu saying? You promised that you're going to make them great and you're going to be Marba their Zerah and you're going to give them Eretz Yisrael. What is Eretz Yisrael doing there? What does that have to do with the promise? Why is Moshe Rabbeinu mentioning the promise of Eretz Yisrael here when he's davening for their lives? He already said, you said they'll have a lot of children. explains the briskarav. No, it's one that leads to the other. What did Hashem say? Moshe, let's start again. I'm going to destroy all of them. They worshiped the Vodah Zara. They did the Egel. I'll start with you. I'll start with you. I know I have a bris with the avos as individuals, so I'll make, I'll go to you. Avram Yisag Yaakov, Moshe. What does Moshe say? No, 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 it's not going to work. You forgot one of the covenants. Not really. What about the haftach of Eretz Yisrael? What does that mean? Work backwards. The haftach of Eretz Yisrael is predicated on the fact that there is a haftach of Shvatim. 
Moshe says, I'm not Shvatim. I'm only one individual. You already made a Haftacha with the Shvatim. Hashem, you can't destroy them. You can't. And that's what the Haftacha of Eretz Yisrael is predicated on the Haftacha of the Shvatim. Haftacha Sa'aretz, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Eftiach, Sha'aretz, Tizchalik, L'Shvatim. Right, you're going to get, you promised Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael means split up at the Shvatim. And there's even full Kedusha. We'll talk about this better on Shabbos more. Right, there's full Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael only when the Shvatim are in their right spots. Gemara and Erechen. Right, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu Davin's at the, at, a, at the Egel. What about Eretz Yisrael? What does Eretz Yisrael have to do with it? Eretz Yisrael means Hashem, they're Shvatim that have to continue. You can't just continue through me. That was part of how Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, saved Klai Yisrael. And he says, it's even a Medrash. He quotes a Medrash. He named a Medrash Rabbah, I'm line seven. Just like you fulfilled the oath that you had to the Avos, you also have a bris with the Shvatim. It's Mepheirish. You're just going to pick me? I'm only one Shevet. That's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. Shvatim. It's the bris of the Shvatim, not just the bris of the um, of the Avos. And he talks at the end also um, other psukim, but this is the important uh, yisod of the grid. So we know there's a bris Avos. We know there is a bris Yisrael a number of times, right? The uh, as Rav Salvechik always used to talk, the Sinaitic covenant. And the Arvos Moav covenant, and then once we went in by Hargrizim and our Eval, we had oh, many brisos with with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But this is a separate stage, the bris of the Avos. Okay, the bris of the Shvatim, bris of the Shvatim. Okay, moving right along. So the next pasuk says, as we were just talking, after he has the bris, of, after he declares the bris of the Shvatim, viata pasuke shneva necha hanoladim lacha be'eretz Mitzrayim, the two sons that were born to you here at Boi Alecha before I came, Lehem. They are mine. They are mine. Rashi, Rashi emphasizes that is an important phrase. The two children that you had until I came to Mitzrayim, they're mine. Meaning that I've elevated them to the status of Shvatim. Rashi says, they were born from the time that you left me at age 17 until I've come. Right? They are Lihem Becheshbon Shar Banaihem. In the Cheshbon of my other sons, Lito Chelik Baaretz Ish Take a portion of Eretz Yisrael. Says Rav Moshe, ask Rav Moshe, what's the emphasis, source number three, what's the emphasis of the two children that you had before I came? Yes, it's, it's excluding children that will be born from now on. Chazal say that. If there are any more children, they're going to be included in Ephraim and Menashe. But there seems to be something deeper. Ask for Moshe. Tamua. Lashen hanoladim be'eretz Mitzrayma. Ad bo'i Mitzrayma. Mitzrayim. Ad bo'i Mitzrayim. Lihem. V'cheizet tamhu. Shalachin shenoldu kodem bo. Shayachim lo yoter. Melo anoladim achar bo. Shalachar hu ifcha. Right? Okay. Maybe it has the halachic status of Shvatim. But if you think about it, Yaakov probably would have more to do with more children that are born. Ephraim and Manasseh, they're grown, they're grown up. Okay, because I'll say he learned with Ephraim. But if there are children born and, and Yaakov had them from, from babyhood all the way, he's probably more connected to them. And yet the Pazak seems to emphasize, no, no, these children that were born before he came, those are, those have a special connection to, to Yaakov Avinu. So what is that? The Tzarek Lomar says to Moshe, Tzarek Lomar, Shuchidish Gadol. The Torah is telling us a big chiddush. How much we have to educate our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our students, whoever we're educating. What, what the measure of the chinuch has to be. It's not enough that they're going to follow me and learn from me while they're with me and in my presence. And they'll be in the Kosley Beis HaMedrash. Sha'az vade nakelo l'chanechaz bandav. Because then that's easy. Easy to, you know, easier, so to speak. If they're still here, they're in my home, they're in my shul, they're in my school. So, fun, I can educate them. Avot sorech l'ashpia kol kach. But as we know, education has to be, or what does the Pazik take? Chanoch l'nar pidarko, gam ki azkin lo yosur mimana. It's gam ki azkin, when he leaves. So we have to be mashpia so much, 
al benove talmido she talmudo v'chinucho biyado af bechol makom sheyia. In any place, af bein ovdei avodas are v'kofrim. Even if they're in a situation and environment that is not so hospitable to spirituality. Like Yaakov gave Yosef. Right, we know, Chazal <coughs> tell us, that what made Yosef not sin, he remembered Yaakov. He remembered Yaakov. Not only did he not sin, he was able to be Machanich's children. That's why Yaakov says, Lihain. He looks at Ephraim and Menashe and he says, these are mine. Because I gave you, Yosef, the education that you should follow my values even when I'm not around and I see this in my grandchildren. I see this in Ephraim and Menashe. It was his chinuch that did this. Afterwards? No, it's not that. Not so much Yaakov. It's, it's directly. That's more natural. Ephraim and Menashe, that you see the godless of Yaakov, because even when he wasn't there, you see the education model that was coming through, uh, through Yosef. And that's why Dafka, Lihem, Lihem, that's the Chiddush. Afterwards, that'll be natural. Be natural. But Lihem, even these are mine, because of the education that he gave to, to Yosef. Okay. So he has the conversation with his grandchildren. Remember years ago we spoke about the thought of Rav Salvechik that Yaakov is the first one that we know at least explicitly in the Medrash that had a relationship with his grandchildren. Right? We don't know officially that Avram connected with Yaakov or Yitzchak connected with the Shvatim. We don't have any evidence of that, even though Yitzchak was still alive. But Yaakov with his grandchildren, right here, he gave him a bracha, flipping the hands. Right? He gave him a bracha. Uh, so, and that's why he's called the Zakain in the Medrash, Rav Salvechik points out, because there's a special, uh, connection of jumping, uh, generations, when a grandfather and a grandchild. Yaakov's eyes became heavy. He couldn't see. And he grabbed his grandchildren, and he kissed them, and he hugged them. And he switched the hands, as we know, Sikelas Yadav, as it says a little bit later in Pasuk Yudalid, Kimenashe Habachar. If you look in the Hagionish Torah, Ben Sion Fierer, he says, isn't it interesting? And again, it's obvious, but maybe we, we've never really paralleled it. The end of days for Yaakov and the end of days for Yitzchak. Mashi'ira, line six now, the beginning of the second paragraph. Mashi'ira Yaakov Bishash Abalavarech Hezbanov Right, Yaakov was blessing his children at the end of his life, and Yitzchak blessed his children at the end of his life. Guess what? They were both semi-blind at the time. Right? What does it say here? His eyes became heavy. What does it say by Yitzchak Aviv? and Avmeros. Right? Same, same lashon, same lashon. Not the exact same word, but the same idea. Right, Yitzchak also gave a bracha without seeing his children. Make me matamim so I could give you a bracha. So there's clearly a parallel between the two. Parallel between the the uh, blindness of Yitzchak and the blindness of Yaakov. What's the message? You don't get, okay, Yaakov was sick beforehand, but you don't get the idea that he was blind. Like earlier they say Yitzchak became blind from the smoke of the Vodah but here it just says he couldn't see. Says the, the Hegyona Shaltara, it's Bedafka, because we're gonna be Megala something in Yaakov's actions, that will then teach us something about Yitzchak's actions. Yeshla mashmoz chashuva mo'od. There's tremendous meaning to Yaakov's brachos. Al yidei keos enov shal Yaakov. B'sha'asha birech es Ephraim u'menashe. Through the eyes. Right, there were, there, were, there were two sons there and there were two sons there. And here the brachos got switched, you might say, by Yitzchak and Yaakov and Esav. And what about here? He actively 
right? Switches his hands. So there's, there's something going on here. Nitan Tokef, so says the Hagion Torah, through the fact that Yaakov gave a bracha after his eyes became weak, Nitain Tokef, la bracha shebirach Yitzchak, because Yaakov amakamesa. It strengthens the brachas of Yitzchak. Ki ala bracha shebirach Yitzchak, because Yaakov ayad ma'ata makom la'arer. You might look at Parshas Toldos and say, oh, what a fake. It wasn't real. And it's not a, it's not good. V'loma shebet mirbe, it was all a trick. But now Yaakov is saying, Yaakov is, and Yaakov is the one, remember, ya- imagine what's going through Yaakov's mind as he's giving the brachas and his, he can't see so well, and he's in the shoes of his father. He could feel the shoes of his father and he has two sons in front of him and he can't know which one is which. He knows exactly which one is which. And he's switching as if to say, my father switching when he couldn't see was exactly appropriate, just like what I'm doing is appropriate. It was midah. Again, the pashup shot of the psukim is that Yitzchak was shocked and he didn't know. But on a deeper level, right, right, when he realizes, right, what does Yitzchak say? Yeah, he realizes. All the different shatim that we gave to the story there. Kigam Yaakov einav kadu mizoken. Lo yuchaliros. He couldn't really tell between them. What is Sikel's Yadav? He acted wisely. Right? He acted wisely, as the Unculus, second Unculus, says. He was able to feel and know who is who. He was able to feel and know who is who. If Yaakov could tell who, so Yitzchak probably could too. Even though I, what do you mean? He was wearing Esav's clothing. Yaakov gave the clothing until the, the top of the next column. Who says Menashe and Menashe Ephraim were so different in terms of how they felt? And Yaakov was able to tell the difference between them. I think a couple of years ago he mentioned that the Beis HaLevi even wonders so it was 50-50. Why did he give the bracha? Right? The, the call is not good and the, and the adayim. So we've answered that. Hadimyon, but then he has this a fascinating line. Hadimyon The artificial comparison. The artificial connection and dimyon. Between Yaakov and Esav, with the, right, the clothing of Esav, vade lohaya yoser gadol, tivi, Ephraim. There was obviously two, Menashe Ephraim were two brothers, they also had a natural, doesn't say that one was hairy and one was, I don't know of any major difference, and yet Yaakov was able to tell them apart, so Yitzchak, he says, you know, he was maybe deep down, there was something there that, that he knew what he was doing. But Yaakov, either way, is, is screaming out to us, that, you know, look at me. I am acting with Chachma. My father acted with Chachma too. And HaKadosh Baruch at least behind the scenes, made sure that the old blind man did what he was supposed to do. And that was for eternity. Again, not the Pashup shot, but once he saw how much Yaakov wanted and used Shem Hashem, then he gave him the bracha. Again, even if you don't want to go that, that far as to take, except that Yitzchak knew, but there's definitely a parallel here between the, the, uh, the switching of the, of the sons and the inability to see, um, and the, Connection of the of the uh, of the two, and that's what Yaakov is skipping down. He says even this, that's what Yaakov is being marames to uh, to Yosef. Shata, I'm giving you the brachas, right? Sikol yadav lafchim b'nei b'mishush b'zem muchas yulakas brachas aviv yisrael b'sedek v'chulu. Okay, there's a lot of brachas in Sefer Brachas. There's a lot of Sefer Brachas that we don't have in the rest of the Torah. Right, b- dreams we don't have after Sefer Brachas. We have a lot of dreams in Sefer Brachas. Brachas we do have, right? That's Parshas Balak. So Brachas and Klawas make another um, appearance in the Torah. But there's many in um, in Sefer Brachas. Okay. Moving right along. Let's get to the actual Brachas. Let's talk about Ruvain and Yehuda. Ruvain and Yehuda. So Ruvain, first Bracha. 
First bracha says Ruvein, says Yaakov, Ruvein Bechoriata, you are my Bechor. Interesting, he calls him his Bechor. Right, Bechor for what? Kochi Vereshis Oni. Kochi Vereshis Oni, you are the, my, uh, for, for my first seed. Pachas Kamayim Altosar, Ki Alisa Mishkevei Avicha, Azchilato Yitzui Allah. Right, he acted with haste, and uh, he lost, he lost what he could have, what he could have had. Lost what he could have had. If you look at the Shemi Shmuel, look at the Shemi Shmuel in source number five. Right, Chazal tell us that Ruvain kind of lost three things that he could have had uh, if he was, right, uh, Rashi quotes some of it, Yeser Se'es Roy Hayita Leos Yeser Alachiv Achecha Bikahuna. Yeser Az Bimalchus. Right, Malchus, Kahuna, and Bechor, and being the Bechor. Says the Shemi Shmuel. Nero Lafarish. Hadi ibid koshloshis advarim bechora kuna umalchus. Al yedeha kaas. Right, Reuven got a pachas kamayim. Chazal say his kaas is anger. And Reuven lost these three things. Being the firstborn, the bechor. Being the, he would have gotten the kahuna. Remember, the, the whole avoda used to go through the bechor. And the malchus. Could have been the melech. Tihine. Says the, the Rashem Yishmuel. In a word, these three all represent Chibur. They represent connecting. Connecting something to something else. So let's see. First he talks about Bechor. Kazava Maharal. Ba'asher hu reishis shalabanim. The oldest child. Havi ki'ilu hu siba l'shar ha'achim. Ve'ina achim siba lo. The oldest child is the connection between the parents. Is, is, represents a connection between the parents and the rest of the children. This is the child that made the parents' parents. Right, this is a child that gets a double portion for some reason. Right, stands more in place of the father than the others. The bechor is the in between, is the in between between the father and the other children. So bechor connects the parents to the other children. The kohen. What is the kohen? The kohen connects Hakadosh Baruch Hu to Am Yisrael. Tirsiv, right, Kisiv say Kohen Yishmu Das, Vidas Hima Khabersa Sechalahamidos. He teaches us and uh he's our leader. Right, the Kohen. The Kohen is the one that's uh serves as the connector. Valkenu Machaber is Haalamos. And he uh connects the worlds. The Khain Malchus. What is the Malchus, the king? He amutsas hamacheres as ha'am. Maybe the king connects the am to each other. Because the king is the Lev Ha'am. That's the Ramam's Lashon and Hilchus Malachim. The Yalkein Yikra Melech Otser. Kedachsiv Ze Ya'atzor Ba'ami. Shotzer Ha'am Shalo Yispardu. He's the glue. The king is the connector of all the people. So all these three, the Bechor, the Kohen, and the Melech, all represent connectors. They connect, they represent the middle Representation. Okay, not for now. So now says the Shemi Shmuel, anger is the ultimate separator. Anger separates. Anger separates our minds from our action. Separates our logic from our, you know, what uh, what we're feeling. Right? When we think in our minds, so then we connect our thoughts to our, to our body and we act appropriately. Cause we're out of control. What we know in our mind we should be doing, we can't do because we're just totally lost it. So our body acts in a certain way, even though in our minds we know it's wrong, but we can't control ourselves. So it's a break between what's in our mind and what our body does. Alkain, that is why, through the anger, Reuven lost these three schuyos. Because kahuna, malchus, and bechora, all, as we just explained, represent connectors. Anger breaks. Breaks connections. I might say it breaks relationships, right? It breaks uh, many other things. But anger is a breaker. It's a separator. The Gemara says, if somebody is angry and he is a chacham, his chacham leaves him. What does that mean? 
Ka'as separates between the Chachma and the person. Im navihu nevuah so mistalechas bimenu. Nevuah. If somebody is angry and he's a prophet, he's a navi, then he can't be a prophet at that moment. Because, again, nevuah is separated from the navi. Chachma, nevuah are all our connections to Hashem. And therefore, um, if we, if we uh, are angry and we don't control it, so then, obviously, it'll be separating. Uh, skip a couple of lines. And that's what uh, he, and that's what the, the Shemi Shmuel says. That's what we have to recognize. That anger can, disconnects us from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, disconnects us from relationships, disconnects us from reality. And therefore we have to do what we can. As the Rambam says, one of the two midos, they have to go to the extreme, kas and gaiva. Uh, we have to do what we can to be able to, to uh, control in that, in that way. But then he continues one more. We have these three connectors that Reuven lost it, says the Shemi Shmuel, the biblical figure that symbolizes each of these was an ultimate connector. Right? Kahuna, Malchus, and Bechor. Let's see. Lefiha Amor. Aaron. Aaron Xiv, Bishalom Meshur, Halach Ito, right? Aaron Akoin, Shalokas Miyamav. The Ramban quotes, they never got angry. Aaron never got angry. Wapayat, Rochik Meam, Pachas Kamayim. So Aaron, the Kohen, was far from anger. Yosef, Hutsinor Hashefa, Yosef was the source of all sustenance. That's what, what is it? Well, who gives sustenance? Vitsinor Huosios Ratzon, Hefachakas, Hutsadik Isorolam, Dochi Bishmaev Ara, Yosef connected. The up and the down, you might say that's Malchus, right? The ultimate Mepharnes, right? And that is uh, Yosef HaTzadik. The David, David, I'm sorry, that you might say that's uh, Bechor. Bechor takes care of the uh, of the rest of the family. And David, of course, is Malchus, and he was the opposite of, of anger. He was an Anav. It wasn't perfect, but he was an Anav, as the Pazik says, Anochi Tolas, Velo Ish. Cherpas Adam, he does a little uh, mixing around of the uh, of the letters. Okay, either way, these three personalities are the opposite of Ka'as, and that's why they were the ones that represented these Midos that uh, were lost by Ruvain, but what we have to what we have to learn from. Okay. The Ramban. We did this Ramban once many years ago on Shabbos Hanukkah. So we never did it Parshas Vayachi. So I thought it was appropriate, being one of the uh Top ten Rambans and Sefer Bracious, you know, you gotta do it, um, on Lo Yasu Shevet Mi Yehuda. That's a subjective list of, uh, of, uh, top ten Rambans. Um, so the Ramban tells us on Lo Yasu Shevet Mi Yehuda, uh, and one thinks that this is just a bracha, as we would think that this is a bracha. The Shevet, which symbolizes rulership, Shevet is literally a stick, but the Shevet, the ruling, Power should never leave Yehuda. Lo Yehuda. He has a bracha. Lo Yehuda. Says the Ramban, there's so much more here than just a bracha. Says the Ramban, again a much discussed Ramban, there is a halachic principle that is being mentioned here. And this halachic principle has ramifications for Shaul HaMelech. It has ramifications for the entire Sefer Malachim. And he has ramifications for the Hanukkah story. All of those uh, we have to look at it in a new way, knowing this Ramban. So the Ramban tells us, It's not just Stam that it's not going to leave. V'chulu, and he continues. where it's underlined. It's not going to be that there will never, Malchus will never leave, because right now we don't have Malchus Yehuda. So it left. So that can't be what Yehuda means. The Torah is eternal. It will never leave Yehuda. What do you never leave Yehuda? Right now, we don't have a Melech. We wish we had a Melech, uh, Malchus based David. What it means is that no other Shevet is allowed to have it. That's what Lo Yosef Shevet Yehuda is. Even if Melech Yehuda, even if Malchus based David is not around for a while, nobody else could take it in the interim. That's what Lo Yosef Shevet Yehuda is. That's the promise. In Yonah Shalom Yosef Shevet Yehuda El Echad Me'echav, to one of his brothers, all Jewish kings should be from David's family. And not no other Shevet can rule over David or Yehuda. Uh, who is the says the Ramban. Um, also, that's a reference to Mashiach. 
Let's continue. Line 12. Yaakov Avinu was Mamlech Yehuda. Shmuel Anavi was anointed the first king. But right here, Yaakov Avinu already says, it's Yehuda. And he gave Yehuda rulership. He gave you the worship. David says, he recognizes, and he has such hodah. Hashem shows me from all of my father's house. Many psukim. Many psukim in, in the uh, Tanakh about this. Line 15 now. It shall never turn. There might be another Shevet who rules, but once it goes to Yehuda, it shall never leave. That's what it means, lo yasser, it shall never turn away. It's not there yet. You're right, once it gets there. Right, that's Sal Shalamelech. And that's how Sholamelech, remember Klai Yisrael asked for a king, and that's a whole parsha. Was it a good thing, not a good thing? It's a mitzvah in the Torah, but Sholamelech was very upset. Uh, I'm sorry, Shmuel Anavi was very upset, and he appoints Davka somebody not for Malchus based of it, because it wasn't ripe. It wasn't the time yet for Malchus based of it to start. Was this a violation then? Sholamelech? No. Because Lo Yosef Yehuda is only once it starts. Once it starts with David. Hashem was disgusted by the fact that they asked for a king at that stage of history. It wasn't time yet. He gave them a temporary ruler. A temporary ruler. Because Shmuel was the Navi, they should have listened to Shmuel and... They shouldn't have asked for a king. Interesting. Lishol, Shaul. They asked for it. Was Shaul from the Lushan of asked or borrowed? It was a borrowed kingdom. Shaul. Right? It was it, uh, Lishol. It was just an answer to a request of a Sheila. There's a lot in the name. Right? There's a lot in every name. Every name. We just, I didn't, I didn't read the end of the Shemi Shmuel. He spoke about David. David's symbol, Dalit is Dalus, is poverty, Dal and Dal with a Vav in the middle. Every name, every name of, of, um, every Tanakh personality, right? Not just Sefer Rus has it more than any, any other place, right? Uh, Orpa and Boaz and Ploni Almoni. I mean, you don't get better. And Machlon and Kilion. Every name in that Sefer is, is, uh, is, is, uh, screams out at its, uh, at its, at its, as its essence. But throughout, throughout Tanakh. Okay, we continue. So this was Sholamelech. But now says the Ramban, line 28. According to my, in my opinion, and this is not clear in Sefer Malachim. You read Sefer Malachim, you read the tragic reality that the Malchus is split into two. Yes, at the beginning, right, as a punishment, Right, but after Shlomo Melech, it was split in the days of his son Rechavam, Rechavam and Yeravam, but it was only supposed to be that way for a couple of generations as a punishment, and then go back. And then go back to one, Malchus Yehuda. But it didn't happen. Malchus Yisrael stayed for generations. Says the Ramban, all of those kings were ruling in sin. All of them. Even though it doesn't say a word about this in the text. But the Ramban says... They were all ruling in sin. They were violating this pasuk of Yaakov Avinu. They were relying on the on the words of the great Achia, amazing Navi. He anointed Yeravim and Avat, the first of Malchay Yisrael. Achia says it's going to be temporary. King after king. And they didn't go back. They violated. They violated this Pasuk. And they were ultimately punished. So that whole line in, in Sefer Malachim Right, was, was living in sin. And now the Ramban says, a much quoted, and again, you don't get this impression from other Rishonim. The Ramban says there's a tinge of negativity, a tinge. It's still a holiday, but there's a tinge of negativity in the Hanukkah story. Why? 
because the Chashmonam were Kohanim. And they took the Malchus. They should have let somebody else take the Malchus. They should have won the war and given over the Malchus to somebody from Malchus Yehuda. Why? The Gemara Babasha tells, tells us that the whole Hasmonean dynasty was died out. There was one girl left that said, I'm the last one, and she jumped off a roof. Babasha Daf Gimel. That was it. Nothing. Why, why didn't they last? Because of this. Because you can't last. If you take the Malchus and you're not supposed to be the Melech. They were righteous. Without their actions in the Hanukkah story, Torah would have been forgotten. We would have assimilated totally. And still, but still, we had tremendous onesh. What were they doing? They weren't from Alchus based David. How were they ruling? They fell into the hands of the enemy. just quoted. They came in Onesh. Right? Why they do this? And therefore, says the uh, Ramban, skipping a couple of lines, line forty-two. Right? They should have just they should have done the avoda, but not taken over the malchus. Not taken over the malchus. Uh, you don't, just parenthetically, you don't get this impression from the Rambam. Read the Rambam and Hilchus Hanukkah. You don't get an impression there's anything negative. He doesn't understand this Pasuk like, like the Ramban. There's no Isser. There's a promise. Or, B'makam She'ein Ish. If there's no one else to be the king, then you take it until there was nobody from Alchus Beis David that was, that was available. That was Roy at the time. So either way, you don't get this impression from from uh, others. Ulafiha skipping towards the bottom now. Right, there's no Meshicha because that's not really a Melech. Not really a Melech. And the Ramban ends off by saying, This is an appropriate and good shot. Okay? Ban is giving himself a little a little pat on the back. Okay. One more thought after the Brachas. One more thought after the Brachas. We have the burial of Yaakov Avinu. Burial of Yaakov Avinu towards the end in Perak Nun, the last Perak in Sefer Bracious. Perak Nun, they go up to bury Yaakov Avinu in Mara Samachpela. And they come to, right, they all go, they, all the Mitzrim are also going up, right, Pasaches, Pasach Test, they all go up with the chariots, Vayimachne Kavein Ma'od, Pasach Yud, Goren Ha'atad. They come to Goren Ha'atad. What does that mean? Goren is a granary. Atad are thorns. Goren Ha'atad, Rashi quotes, based on the Gemara in, in Sota, Mukam Atadanoya. There was a granary that was surrounded by thorns. And they come there. They had major hespade in there. Was this, uh, were their invitations sent out? We're going to have a hespedim at Goren Ha'atad. Like, why'd they stop there? Right, why'd they stop there? And they had Avelus. As if that's important to know. In Pasuk Yedalaf. The All the kings, all the Mitzrayim saw what's going on at Goren Ha'atad. Woe to us. So they called the place Avel Mitzrayim. What is going on here? First of all, if the Mitzrayim were so sad that Yaakov died, why didn't they have the bigger Hespid at home before they left? Right? They had Dafka here at Goran Ha'atad. Number one, why they had why they have make such a big Hespid here? Number two, um, what were they so sad about? It sounds like they, right now they and they said, Ay, woe to us. Third idea. Were all granaries surrounded by thorns? Doesn't sound like so easy to get to. Right, usually thorns, uh, you know, are not so, you know, inviting. So all these questions are asked by the Kleyakar and more, right? The great Darshan, Prague, 1500s, right after the Maharal. And if it's and if it's normal to have thorns around the Goren, so why is this one called Goren Ha'atad? As if it's something unique. All granaries have thorns around them. Why is it called that? Why the Mitzrayim uh, having this Avelis? What's going on here? Says the Klayakar. Raya. 
he quotes, there's a line in the Tosefta that explains everything. We know that Rashi already quoted two weeks' parshas ago, or last week's parsha, right when the Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim, the famine stopped. Famine stopped. Right after two years, boom, no more famine. You know what the Tosefta says? When Yaakov died, the famine came back. Even though it was 17 years later. Right? But it's kind of like there was the five years still owed. Right? The famine came back. Shebizchus Yaakov Pasakara'av. The Chasharmis Yaakov Chazara'av Limkomo. The Alkain. Also a Mitzrayim Evo Kavo Babar Kikavidara Barishona. The Mitzrayim saw this and like, um, he's, he's gone. That's why they were upset. That's why they were so sad. Not because they, they thought Yaakov was a great Sadiq. Because they saw the famine came back. How the, how'd they know the famine came back? He just died. Had, what, everything rotted? There was a nace. There was a nace that happened on the way. They came to a large granary. A granary symbolizes food and plenty. And all of a sudden, it was surrounded by thorns. As if to show, it's going to be hard to get to the grain. It's totally surrounded. How do we get there? There's food in there. How do we get there? Umizehevinu. And from this, even the Mitzrayim understood. Shezchus atzadik garam lembachayev, who was the chus of the tzadik that gave them food. Shehayalem derech lelechel agoren. He was the one that created the path to the goren. And now that Yaakov died, there's no more path to the goren. No more path to the goren. Wow. And that's what, uh, it says. And that's what skipped down line 30, 29. Ukshara Mitzrayim, when they saw this nace, Right, shalokaderech olam. So they they started giving us spadim. Right, they started being master dafka there because the, and it was called goren atad because usually gorens don't have thorns around them. This was a nace that Hashem did to show that no more grain. Alkein espidu mitzrayim avol kaved ratzalomar kol akoved arav ubezem yushav lam espidu dafka begoren. And what's the emphasis of that? And then he adds on one more one more point that this explains ubezem nirali ashev line thirty six. Right after this, what do the brothers say? And the brothers saw that uh, their Yaakov died. So like, oh, Yosef's going to take revenge. Why'd they think that? Why'd they think that Yosef, Yosef's not going to give us food anymore? What were they so worried about? There was plenty of food. The answer is, no, 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 there wasn't plenty of food anymore. And Yaakov took, Yosef took care of us. Is he going to take extra special care of us now? There's a famine. There's a famine. They won't get food, so Yosef had a promise to them. Don't worry about it. What does Yosef say? Right, Yosef says after this whole thing, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of all of your needs. Why does he say that? Because the famine came back. Because the famine came back. So the Klayarka gives us an insight into this last story. Um, right, he comforted them. He spoke to their hearts. So this takes us through Sefer, gracious, the bris of the Shvatim, and Bedashem. Next time we get into the beginning of the history of not the Shvatim, but B'nai Yisrael.